What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051. 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. As it says in John 14, 9, John 14, 9, Jesus saith unto him, Have I been such to Philip? He was saying, talking to Philip. Philip, and Philip has just told him, I don't know how we're going to get to heaven. I don't know how we're going to know God. I don't know. I don't know. So the Lord Jesus says, Philip, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And then he goes on and he says in verse 9, Jesus saith unto him, have, not, have I been so long time with you, and yet thou hast not known me, Philip? He that has seen me has seen the Father. How sayest thou, show us, show us the, the Father? The Lord Jesus is one, is one with God that when a person loves the Lord Jesus and obeys the Lord Jesus, then both the Lord Jesus and God come to dwell inside of that person. It says that in, in John 14, 23. John 14, 23, Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my Father will love him. We will come unto him. We will come unto him, he says, and we will make our abode with him. We're going to set up our tabernacle inside of him. So when the Lord Jesus came to earth, he came to earth, it was just, just for a temporary time, just for a, a relatively short time, so that he could accomplish the greatest feat of love by bringing lost man to God. He said in, in John 16, 28, John 16, 28, I came out from the Father and I'm come into the world again. I leave the world and go unto the Father. And you couple that together with Hebrews 2.10, with Hebrews 2.10, where it says, it became him, for whom are all things, and through whom are all things, in bringing many sons to glory. Gathered them up to bring them to glory. Now there comes the third statement about the word when he said, the word was with God. There's, the word was God. It just says that in John 1.1. 1, 1. Very simple statement. The word was God. No interpretation is needed for that statement. You cannot get it clearer than saying, Jesus Christ is God. And he was there. The Lord Jesus was there, obviously. When Thomas said to him in John 20, 28, John 20, 28, Thomas answered and said unto my Lord and my God. And it's interesting, when, when Thomas said that to the Lord, the Lord did not say, no, Thomas, you got it wrong. Let me correct you. 
As a matter of fact, the reason why the book of John is written, John says, look, you know, there's many, many things I could have written about, you know, as I go, but I selected what I wrote, and I had a purpose when I selected it. And he tells us, it's nice, nice he does that. John 20, verse 30, John 20, verse 30. John says, many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. Then he dives right into it. But these are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you might have life through his name. You might have life through his name. So this is John saying that so many things I could have written, but I've got two purposes in this book of John. The first one is to bring you into a solid, embracing conviction that Jesus is the Messiah. He is the Christ. He is the one who's been promised by God. He's the one who came, as God promised in Genesis 3.15, to rescue man. That's him. That's the first purpose. The second purpose is that I want you to embrace the truth, embrace this conviction that Jesus is the Son of God. You know, whenever it says the Son of God, you know the best way to understand what it means when it says the Son of God is just to say, God the Son. He's God the Son. So John wants us to believe that Jesus is God the Son. You know, I've heard many people will say to me, well, Jesus never claimed to be God. Other people said that about himself. So just to remove any doubt that Jesus claimed to be God, the Jewish leaders, they clarified this issue very carefully in one encounter that they had with the Lord, which is a verse I quoted to you earlier, which is John 10.30, John 10.30, when the Lord just made the simple statement, he just said, I and the Father are one. That was an explosion. I and the Father were one. Then it says in the next verse, John 10.31, John 10.31, then the Jews took up stones again to stone him. So they're gonna kill him. And then, and Jesus answered them, you know, can't you picture the Lord saying, what? Many good works have I showed you from my Father. For which of those works do you stone me? And the Jews answered him, because they understood what he was saying. The Jews answered and saying, for a good work we stone thee not, but for blasphemy, because that thou, being a man, makest thyself God. They knew what he was saying. He never said, no, I didn't. You got it wrong. I didn't mean that. I meant that, you know, I was just in agreement with God, but I didn't mean that I was God. He never said that. He let it stand. He let it stand. And this has always been the position of the lost, that thou being a man makest thyself God. You know what the truth is? It was just the opposite of that. That thou being God made thyself a man. That's what happened. But they got it wrong. The reverse. They said, oh, you're a man, you made yourself God. No, I'm God, I made myself man. It's just like at the cross when the Jewish leaders came and they said, if you're God, come down from the cross. And then they said that we may see and believe. And that's just the opposite. That's not the way it works in God's economy. There is no see and believe. It's the opposite. You believe, then you see. That we may believe and see, not that we may see and believe. So here they got it. It's just a minor problem. It's not a minor problem. It's a big problem. So they wanted to kill him because they knew he was claiming to be God. And believing and embracing that Jesus is God is so important that he said that, he said, on this issue of whether or not I'm God, 
He said in John 8, 24, John 8, 24, I said, therefore unto you, that you shall die in your sins. It, that's a bad thing, to die in your sins. No one should die in their sins. Dying in your sins is like that scene from Master and Commander where, where, where the guy grabs a hold of the cannonball and jumps into the water and the cannonball drags, causes him to drown. That's what dying in sins is. You don't want to let go. Don't hold the cannonball. It's going to bring you down. And so, and the Lord wants no one to die in their sins. He says he's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance in Peter. He's, he's in Timothy. He will have all men to be saved. That means he doesn't want anybody to die in their sins. So, he said, if ye believe not that I am, now the Bible says, he, you shall die in your sins. If you believe not that I am he, you shall die in your sins. Now, the word he is in italics in the King James. It's in italics. Why? Because it's not there in the text. It's the translators added it. They thought they were going to help us. They didn't. If they would have asked me, I would have told them, but no one asked me, so what can I do? Anyway, it's not there. So what he's really saying is that unless a person believes that I am, he will not go to heaven. Well, the title I am is very special because that's the name that God said his name was when he was speaking to Moses, who met him. And from that point on, Moses understood that's the name of God. And God told him, you tell him, I am the sender by this name. Exodus 3.14, Exodus 3.14. God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am hath sent me unto you. Moses, let's, let's rehearse it now. You're going to stand there and you're going to say, I am hath sent me unto you. You got it? So he stood before the Jewish people and said, I am sent me unto you. Anyway, that was, didn't sound. So I am sent Moses to deliver the Jewish people from Israel. I am, this person, I am, God, whose name is I am, brought 10 plagues on, on Egypt. This person who, whose name is I am opened up the Red Sea for Israel to walk on dry land. This person who is called I am conquered all the Canaanites and made the walls of Jericho fall down. This person who's called I am was a pillar of fire to the Jewish people for 40 years in the wilderness at night and a cloud in the day. And this person whose name is I am every day rained manna from the bakeries of heaven. It just rained down on them for 40 years. I am did all those things and many more things. So the Lord Jesus is now standing before the Jewish leaders and he's telling them, unless you believe that I am, that I am the I am, then you can't go to heaven. So then comes a blind man, and that man is because he's saying good things about the Lord Jesus. He's, he is put out of the synagogue. And it says that the Lord Jesus found him because he was looking for him. And it goes on in, in John 9.35. John 9.35. Jesus heard that he had been cast him out. And when he had found him, he said unto him, Dost thou believe on the Son of God? Again, let's think about it this way. Dost thou believe on God the Son? He answered and said, Who is he? Who is he, Lord, that I might believe on him? Jesus said unto him, Thou hast both seen him. It's he that's talking with you. It's he that's talking with you. And he said, Lord, I believe. And he worshipped him. This man who had been blind worshipped him. And, the Lord, and, and so the Lord asked the blind man if he believes on, on the Son of God, if he believes on God the Son, the man says, who is he? And in no uncertain terms, the Lord Jesus says, it's me. It's the one who's talking to you right now. I'm God the Son. And the man falls down. He worships Jesus as God. And Jesus doesn't say to him, no, 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 stand back up. Oh, no, you got it all wrong. You shouldn't do that. When the prophecy came for his birth, back in Isaiah 7:14, and then recounted in Matthew 1:23. In Matthew 1:23, it says, Behold, a virgin shall conceive. 
sorry, in Matthew 1.23, it says, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. This person who is going to be born is told this is going to be, the, what's going to happen when he's born, he's going to be God with us. Im anu el. It's a, he's going to be im is together. Anu is our, and el is God. He's going to be it so that we can be together. When he's here, we can be together with God. Im anu el. And he's called this because this is God who came to man. And Isaiah, when he was identifying who this was, Isaiah's trying to describe all that he can about who he is. And he says in Isaiah 9, 6, Isaiah 9, 6, for unto us, he's talking about the Jewish people, unto us, everybody, unto us, a child is born. Unto us, a son is given. And the government's gonna be on his shoulders and his name is gonna be called Wonderful Counselor and the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. He's got many names in there. One of them is the Mighty God. His name's gonna be called the Mighty God because he is the Mighty God. And then to remove all doubt in the Bible about that Jesus is God, it says in 1 Timothy 3.16, 1 Timothy 3.16, very easy to memorize because it's like John 3.16, 1 Timothy 3.16, it says, without controversy, there's no controversy about this, without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness, God was manifest in the flesh. That's what happened. This is God who came in the flesh. And when the Lord Jesus was in the wilderness, and he's there, he's tempted by the devil. And the devil offers the Lord Jesus all the kingdoms of the world. Why? He had them. He could give them. If the Lord Jesus would just, just fall down and worship them. And it says in Matthew 4, 8, Matthew 4, 8, the devil taketh them up into exceeding high mountain and showeth them all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them and saith unto him, all these things will I give thee if thou wilt fall down and worship me. And the Lord Jesus replies to that, in Matthew 4, 10, Matthew 4, 10. Then saith Jesus unto him, Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. So he tells the devil, the Lord Jesus tells the devil, Only God, it's only God, this is all about only God. And then there was a time when the apostle John worshiped a person in the book of Revelation, and then was told, Don't do that. Because only God is to be worshiped in Revelation 19.10. Revelation 19.10, John says, I fell at his feet to worship him, and he said unto me, See thou do it not. I am thy fellow servant of thy brethren that have the testimony of Jesus. Worship God. And then there was a time when the Lord Jesus caught Peter. The Lord Jesus was walking on the water. Peter started walking on the water. Peter doubts. He begins to sink, and he rescues them, rescues Peter. And he gets back in the boat in Matthew 14.33, Matthew 14.33. Then they were in the ship, came and worshiped him, saying, of a truth, thou art the Son of God. Of a truth, thou art God the Son. And again, the Lord didn't say to them, you shouldn't say that, you shouldn't worship me, because only God should be worshiped. He didn't do that because he is God. And then there was the Canaanite woman, a Canaanite woman, can you believe it? A Canaanite woman who came and begged the Lord to heal her daughter. And she did it in such a way that she worshiped as she did it. It says in Matthew 15, 22, Matthew 15, 22, behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast, cried unto him, saying, have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. She's a woman of Canaan. She's talking about the son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil, but he answered her not a word. His disciples came, besought him, saying, send her away. 
She cries after us. But he answered and said, I'm not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then came she and worshiped him, saying, Lord, help me. It's worship to ask the Lord to help. But he answered and he said, it's, it's not me to take the children's bread to cast it to dogs. That's a pretty rough one. And she said, truth, Lord, yet the dogs eat the crumbs which fall from the master's table. And from this point on, Jesus is floored. He answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith. Be it unto thee, even thou thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. Again, the Lord did not say to her, don't worship me. You shouldn't be worshiping me. I'm not God. No, he didn't say that. Why? Because he's God. And then there was the leper, the leper who came and begged Jesus, and he worshiped Jesus. It says in Matthew 8, 1, Matthew 8, 1, when he was come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. Behold, there came a leper and worshiped him saying, Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. Again, he didn't turn to the leper and say, what are you doing? Because the leper knew a secret, and the secret was Jesus is God. And Peter knew that secret when the Lord turned to him and said, who do you think I am? Who do you say that I am? Peter said, thou art the Christ. You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. You are God. You are God the Son. And then the Lord said to him, that's a secret. And that secret was not revealed to you in a seminary class or by man, but it was revealed by God, by the Father. The Father, flesh and blood hath not revealed this unto thee, Peter, but my Father, which is in heaven. He said, that's who revealed that secret to you. And then it was like the Lord said, don't tell anybody. They got to come to that conclusion themselves. And then there was the ruler, the ruler who was desperate because his daughter died she just died, and it was like the people were saying to the ruler, she's dead already. Move on in life. I, you go through your grieving. You start your shiva, your time of grieving. Don't do something ridiculous. But he said no. And so he kept, this person, this ruler, he believed, and he said, it says in Matthew 9, 18, 9, 18, while he spake these things unto them, behold, there came a certain ruler and worshiped him, saying, my daughter is even now dead, but come and lay thy hand upon her, and she shall live. He believed that. And the Lord didn't say, say to this ruler, look, I can heal your daughter, I can bring her back to life, but don't be worshiping me because worship is only for God and I'm not God. He didn't do that because he is God and worship was appropriate for him as God. And among the many people who worshiped Jesus, when they were in front of him, he never said to them, don't do it. The two the two women who came and found that tomb was empty after the resurrection. And when they saw him in Matthew 28, 9, Matthew 28, 9, it says, as they went to tell his disciples, behold, Jesus met them saying, all hail. They came, held him by the feet and worshiped him, worshiped him. And the time when the 11 disciples, when they saw the Lord, it says in, in Matthew 28, 16, Matthew 28, 16, then the 11 disciples went away into Galilee into a mountain where Jesus had appointed them. And when they saw him, they worshiped him. They worshiped him. Again, he didn't do that. He didn't say, no, don't do that. Back in John, in John 1, in verse 2, when it says the same was in the beginning with God, what that's saying there is that you cannot make a distinction between, it's like me, it's like me right now. I'm speaking to you, and you would say, is that your soul speaking or your spirit speaking? It's me speaking. Is that Jesus speaking or the Father speaking? It's God it's God. You can't say the same was in the beginning with God. The same. There's no difference. That's why in Isaiah 9, 6, his name will be called 
the everlasting father. How can we call him the everlasting father? You can't tell the difference. And we're told in verse 3 this very definite statement in John 1 about creation. And it's just like John wants to just seal up this matter once and for all and not leave any holes in what he's trying to say for a misinterpretation. So he says, all things were made through him. And then he goes on and says, look, what I'm trying to say is that without him was not anything made that was made. Does that do it? Pretty succinct. And you can't get much clearer than that, that the Lord Jesus made everything. But then to say, in case I left something out, look, without him, nothing was made that was made. So he's the maker of us. He's the maker of our heart. He's the maker of our bodies. Does that qualify him to repair what's broken? Yeah, I want to go to the maker. He made us. He made us. So now the question becomes, to embrace this, what does it mean for each one of us? What does it mean for each one of us? What difference does the fact that Jesus is God, what difference is the fact that that's on our statement of faith we believe that Jesus is God? What difference does that make for us? How do we have, is it just another point? Is it now we see all these proofs? Is that all? But the fact that Jesus is God means something for us. What does it mean? It means that every day when we start our day, we dedicate ourselves to Jesus as God. It means that when we don't believe that Jesus is God, we ask Jesus to help us believe that Jesus is God. When we feel appreciation to God, we give thanks to Jesus as God. During the day when our minds start to wander, we just repeat to ourselves, Jesus is God. And during the day when we see we have needs, we see we pray to Jesus as God. When answers to our prayers come, we thank Jesus as God. When we're anxious, we ask for, for peace from Jesus as God. When we feel weak, we ask for strength from Jesus as God. When we feel strong, we ask for protection from pride from Jesus as God. When we feel tempted to sin, we ask for power from Jesus as God. When we see good things happen to us, we express gratitude to Jesus as God. When we want to adore God, we worship, we join those others that we just saw, and we worship Jesus as God. When we want to rejoice, we sing to Jesus as God. When we read our Bibles, we, we see Jesus as God. We call him Jehovah Jesus. When we speak about Jesus, we don't just call him Jesus or Christ or Jesus Christ. No, we call him Lord Jesus. We call him Lord Jesus Christ. And when we say Lord, we are saying God, God Jesus, God Jesus Christ. And when we tell others about him, we speak about Jesus as God. And we feel doubt in the deity of Christ, then we turn to the devil, we rebuke the devil by telling Satan, Jesus is God. When we write about Jesus, we capitalize words like he and him and his to give honor to him as Jesus as God. When we need direction, we ask for guidance from Jesus as God. When we want to know what's the meaning in life, why am I here, what am I supposed to be doing in life, then we ask direction, we ask purpose in life from Jesus as God. And when we see that our friends and our relatives are blind to the fact that Jesus is God, we ask we ask for them to have sight from Jesus as God. And when we yield our lives, we submit ourselves to Jesus as God. And when we think of heaven, we think the best thing about heaven is we're gonna see Jesus as God. And then when we see, read these things like Jesus, the Son of God, we immediately reinterpret that in our minds, Jesus, God the Son. When we sin, we ask forgiveness from Jesus as God. And all this is because we not only believe, we embrace the fact that Jesus is God. And may the truth that Jesus is God fill all of our vision. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much 
for sending your son, sending God to us, who became flesh and made it, Lord, so that we could be brought to heaven. Help us, Lord, to honor him, to worship him as God. In Jesus' name, amen. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org and sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestorationministries.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California. Santee, California, 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org.